Hearing records reveal that a man charged with first-degree murder of a rookie police officer was out on bail in part due to equity concerns. Farmers groups have called on the federal government to immediately end tariffs placed on fertilizers imported from Russia and Belarus as a result of the war in Ukraine. And conservative leader Pierre Polyev has sent a fundraising letter out to supporters accusing the CBC president of smearing his name and reaffirming his plan to defund the public broadcaster. Hello, Canada. It's Friday, February 10th, and this is the True North Daily Brief. I'm Anthony Fury. And I'm Cosman Georgia. We've got you covered with all the news you need to know. Let's discuss the top stories of the day and the True North exclusives you won't hear anywhere else. The Globe and Mail has released portions of a transcript from a previous bail hearing of Randall McKenzie, who is accused of murdering 28-year-old OPP officer Constable Gregor Perchala in December. The portions show Ontario Superior Court Justice Harrison Errol ruled in favor of bail for McKenzie after consideration that Indigenous persons are overrepresented in Canada's prison system. McKenzie, who would later be charged with first-degree murder of a police officer, was awaiting trial for allegedly stabbing a former girlfriend's new partner and smashing the man's car windshield while children, including one of his own, were inside the vehicle. McKenzie previously violated bail conditions multiple times, was alleged to have possessed weapons after being ordered by a court not to, was convicted of armed robbery, and had strong evidence against him in the case for which he was awaiting trial. Now, on Thursday, Attorney General David Lametti said he was giving, quote, serious consideration to reforming Canada's bail laws in response to a request from premiers to make changes. Cosman, this is quite a development in this story. I think most Canadians are sympathetic about uh, helping Canada's Indigenous persons uh, achieve prosperity and live their best life. But when it comes to letting someone out of jail who shouldn't be because, oh boy, the paper trail is not a good one on the alleged crimes that they've committed, this just should not be something that's happening, I think most Canadians would say. So yes, absolutely, Anthony. I think this stresses the need that Canada's justice system uh, has for bail reform, and police officers have called for this. It's it's a really huge issue. We see this revolving door justice system uh, letting criminals out who shouldn't be out of jail. We saw it with the Saskatchewan mass stabbing. That individual, uh, the suspect, Miles Sanderson, he was also released uh, by bail officers despite having a, a violent past. And unfortunately, it keeps happening again and something needs to be done. Yeah, Cosman, the background for a lot of this is Bill C-75, a liberal piece of legislation that a lot of people are criticizing right now because it said that people should be released at the earliest reasonable opportunity and on, quote, the least onerous conditions because the courts were being clogged, because the prisons were being clogged, overrepresentation of indigenous persons and other groups okay, fine, we have to deal with those issues seriously, but now people are saying we've gone overboard in this direction. This is actually not the first time we've uh, brought in the idea of lighter sentencing for persons of Aboriginal background. The Gladue principle is something that's been around for years that 
encourage judges to, to think about these issues, but this just went further in codifying it all. And one thing I think that's also unfortunate is we're having a national conversation about this because an OPP officer was killed and we certainly should be talking about it, but also at the same time, uh, there are many heinous crimes taking place on reserves where the victims are First Nations persons themselves, and they deserve a voice in all of this. And, and they should deserve to be uh, protected from people who are repeat offenders as well. Canadian farmers are pushing back against the government's unfair fertilizer tariffs. On Thursday, farmers groups called on the federal government to immediately end tariffs placed on fertilizers imported from Russia and Belarus as a result of the war in Ukraine. In a press release, Ontario Bean Growers Executive Director Ryan Koslag said that while it welcomed the fact that Ottawa has set aside the $34 million acquired via the measures, it should immediately scrap the tariffs, citing the fact that Canada was the only G7 nation to impose such sanctions. Koaslag wrote, Canada is the only G7 nation that is penalizing its own farmers with this tariff. The United States has never imposed a tariff on fertilizer from Russia or Belarus. Other farmers groups, including the Atlantic's Grain Council, the Christian Farmers Federation of Ontario, the Grain Farmers of Ontario and the Grain Growers of Quebec also joined in on the effort. Farmers also asked the federal government to reimburse the agriculture sector for the losses it accrued due to these retaliatory tariffs. The tariffs were first announced in March of last year and to date 115 million of their proceeds have been sent directly to fund the Ukrainian war effort. So, Anthony, does it seem like farmers are starting to voice their concerns more and more and push back against the government's uh, unfair policies, which seem to target them directly? Oh, it certainly does. And Cosman, I think that they have been uh, really pulling their punches for a while now because this has been in place for a number of months. They've been frustrated. They've been grumbling behind the scenes. And now they increasingly see that nobody else is subject to all of this. So they're making their voice heard. And I think more Canadians would agree with them that this is unfair. How does this fit in with all the research that you did during the Fertilizer Files, that great three-part feature that you recently authored? Right. So this is just like another stressor point for farmers. They're already dealing with uh, like huge fertilizer costs, like record uh, fertilizer companies are, are putting out record costs for, for these farmers. And, and it's it's an essential product. So now they're uh, also facing these tariffs. And, you know, the government has said they're setting aside 34 million. But what, what are they going to do to that? And on top of that, the government is asking these farmers uh, to reduce their nitrogen emissions voluntarily by 30 percent. Uh, while all these factors are going on and, you know, we're expected to feed the world. So it, it just doesn't make sense. There needs to be some sort of um, reconciliation with farmers. And, and as these farmers are asking, you know, they're asking for a reimbursement for all these costs that they've accrued, which is not happening in any other G7 nation. So from a foreign policy you know, a, a sanction perspective. It's really strange that the government has pursued this direction. Conservative leader Pierre Polyev and CBC President Catherine Tate are now embroiled in something of a war of words. On Thursday, Polyev sent a fundraising letter out to supporters, accusing the CBC president of smearing his name, and then he went on to reaffirm his plan to defund the public broadcaster. Polyev wrote in that fundraising missive, we need to go around the CBC and other liberal pamphleteers 
and get our message out to millions of Canadians. That's why I need your help. Polyev was referring to recent comments made by Tate in the Globe and Mail, where she said that Canada's public broadcaster is under fire. She told the Globe, quote, there's a lot of CBC bashing going on, somewhat stoked by the leader of the opposition. I think they feel that CBC is a mouthpiece for the Liberal government. Tate said Polyev's promise to defund the CBC was merely a strategy to rally donations. Cosman, I think the bottom line is that the leader of the opposition is within his right to criticize and make statements about any government agency he wants. It's part of his job. And as the head of a government agency, Catherine Tate just really shouldn't be responding this way. It would be one thing if she was a, a private sector uh, media head, but she's not. CBC is a crown corporation. And, and this is really more of a bad look for her, I think, than it is for Polyev. Yeah, and absolutely. And, you know, some would say that Polyev is is sort of justified in his comments because we saw in the past, you know, the CBC going after the Conservative Party legally uh, for, you know, allegedly uh, misusing materials during a campaign. So there there is substance to these allegations. And now uh, Tate is on this uh, countrywide tour to shore up, um, you know, trust in the CBC, which is uh, quite frankly, at an all-time low, you know, advertisers are pulling out. Recently, they've they've announced that they're going to pull out of the TV business altogether and just go into streaming. Yet, at the same time, the CBC is being cited for disinformation. You know, we saw them uh, put out this uh, misleading report about the Catholic Church's uh, fundraiser uh, on on uh, indigenous residential schools. So it's it's the, it's this whole uh, cluster of conflict, and I think it it really is coming to a head with with this dynamic with Pierre Polyev. That's it for today, and don't forget to check in at www.tnc.news throughout the day for all the news you need to know. And if you're able, please consider supporting independent media at donate.tnc.news. Thanks for listening, and have a great day.